Let's take our Bibles now and turn to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, as you're turning there, my wife is going to go ahead and lead the children out to hopefully get ahead of them. And uh, all the kids uh, can be dismissed at this time and uh, be able to head to their kids club. And I know they'll enjoy that very much so. <clears throat> as, they're turning, uh, as they're going out and you're turning to John chapter 7, uh, let me just mention a couple of items on the <clears throat> book table that can be a help to you in your walk with the Lord and as well in understanding many things, uh, especially the matter of salvation. And so there's a couple books back there. One is, uh, of course, on assurance of salvation. I'd encourage you to look at that one. It's been very helpful. Uh, but here's a new book by <clears throat> John Van Gelderen, and it's Repentance and Faith, Two Sides to One Decision. And uh, to understand what it means, what repent really means, what repentance actually means from the Bible is absolutely necessary. In today's time, if you just said to someone, you need to repent, they will probably not know what you're talking about. But do you know what you're talking about? And uh, what is Bible repentance? But then as well, uh, faith as well. And uh, so very helpful and clarification. I want to encourage you uh, to take a look at that. Uh, and then as I mentioned last night, there is a book that I highly recommend for every believer here. It's called The Three-Fold Secret of the Holy Spirit. And it talks about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the secret of His incoming, the secret of uh, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and then the secret of the constant manifestation of the Spirit. And that just simply is recognizing and relying on the presence of the Holy Spirit and having that to be real in your life. And uh, so very, very helpful by James McConkey, and I want to encourage you with that. And then finally, a third uh, resource is uh, Discipleship Journey, and of course, it's entitled Forward with God. Since we've been with you last, uh, the Lord's really expanded our ministry in many ways, and one of the um, aspects is we have area-wide crusades, and uh, we've taken on a young evangelist as being part-time uh, staff with us, and he helps coordinate that, and then also does the discipleship and all of that for us, and this is a part of that is Forward with God, Discipleship Journey for On-Mission Believers. It is absolutely excellent. It's on purpose not written where you just read a lot and um, you just take it in like a regular book would be, but it's very interactive where it has a lot of questions, getting you going back to the Word of God and answering those questions and being able to do that. So it's good for one-on-one. -on -one. It's good uh, for by yourself as well, but I encourage you with that. Uh, but I, what I really love is uh, this discipleship course has a focus on the Spirit-filled life and uh, allowing the Lord uh, to live through you in a real way, just very helpful. I'd encourage you just to flip through that, check it out, see if that'd be something to be a help to you or perhaps someone that you're uh, interested in. You know, in the matter of discipleship, it really needs to be someone helping someone else. It's very relationship-oriented, and I would encourage you to help other people through resources like this. And everything that comes in uh, from the table goes directly back to the ministry, and it helps us spread the gospel. Well, did you, you made it here. I am really encouraged as well. And uh, Pastor and I are both encouraged by, by you coming here. And if, uh, my, if I called my brother today, he would say, it's a good day to be a duck. You know, it's one of those good days to be a duck. But it's great to be in the house of the Lord tonight and hearing God's word. John chapter 7, we're going to begin in verse 37. Would you stand out of respect of God's word? And as you're standing, let me just mention briefly, right before we read verse 37, this is taking place at the end of what's called the Feast of Succot or the Feast of Tabernacles when a uh, 
priest would take a procession and he'd walk to the pool of Siloam and he'd have a golden pitcher. He would dip the pitcher in the pool, fill it with water. They would then lead that procession back to the temple singing Isaiah 12, 3. With joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And then he would pour out that pitcher as a type of a drink offering. It's on this final day when this takes place is when we believe the Lord Jesus says what he's going to say here. Verse 37, John 7, 37, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. The title of the message this evening is Filled to Overflowing. Filled to Overflowing. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you so much for giving us the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God to indwell every believer. I pray that every believer here would make a decision to truly depend upon you for your filling and their hearts and their lives. And Lord, help them experience that your outflow to the lives of others. Lord, I pray as well that each one here that does not know Christ as Savior would understand the simplicity of faith in Jesus Christ and believe on you. Lord, I pray would you save each one even tonight. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. A number of years ago, a very buff guy asked me if I wanted to do a workout. And I said, well, I don't know. He said, hey, it's only going to be 12 minutes, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Both were lies. And uh, uh, he sa- I said, what's it called? It's called Max T3. I thought, oh, well, anything with letters and numbers at the end is cool. And so I thought, that's pretty good. Well, I found out later, T is for torture, and 3 is to the third power. <laughs> And uh, so we got there, um, um, it was going to be outside, it was a summer day, it was August, and it was going to be in Tennessee, about 9 o'clock, 8, 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning, but it was already one of those hot, intense days. You, have you ever been to a place where it's hot and intense? And uh, it was hot, it was muggy, it was already almost 90 degrees that early in the morning, and it was outside on the pavement. He said, bring a, a workout. Um, mat, and then bring some water, bring a water bottle. Well, all I had was a little beach towel, it was like as thin as a piece of paper, you know, but I brought that, and then um, I forgot my water bottle. My wife is dropping me off, she's going to go walk around in an air-conditioned mall while I'm out here suffering, and uh, I said, do you have a water bottle? She said, yeah, here, take mine. Well, she handed me her water bottle, she said, here, take mine. It was pink. I'm not going to take this to a workout. Oh, a nice pink water bottle. You know, I'm not going to do that. And so I, I said, okay, let me just take a couple of swigs. I, I, I drank as much as I could real quickly, and then I went out there for the workout. Well, I tell you, the warm-up well, felt like the workout. It was a half-mile run and all of the kinds of calisthenics just to warm up. And I'm like, man, is it over? Yeah, the warm-up is over. And then he said, okay, we're ready to begin. It's going to be high-intensity, fast interval-type training. So you go 20 seconds on and then 20 seconds off. Doesn't sound too bad until you do it. And you do three sets of whatever it is. If it's push-ups, 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off. Second set of push-ups, 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off. Third set, 
20 seconds, 20 seconds. And then you go to jumping lunges. And then you go to um, all kinds of different exercises. Uh, he said, we're going to do burpees. I said, I don't know what a burpee is, but if a baby can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> I found out it's something totally different. And uh, so we're doing all of these exercises. Man, it was hot. It was intense. And uh, I was, though, I was fairly decent in keeping up, I have to say. And then he said, okay, we're finished with our 12-minute exercise. Now we're going to take a break for 60 seconds. He did not know what a break was. <laughs> and uh, so then we did it for 12 minutes. That's for 12 minutes. And then we repeated it. It's a second set of 12 minutes. Everything again. Three sets of push-ups, three sets of jumping lunges, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and uh, by that second set, I am so thirsty. You know, other people have their water bottles. Other people have something to do, to something to drink. There's no other water source out there. I am just dying of thirst. I get to the, the end of the second set. He says, okay, we're going to take another break for 60 seconds. And then we did this third set of, of exercises. By the, I'm on the third set, I was definitely not keeping up. I was trying to do girl push-ups on my knees, and I couldn't even do those. It was just so hard. I was wimping out, and I was, uh, I was so, uh, so um, uh, thirsty. I, I was really, I was starting to have a hard time sweating, and that's not good, is it? And uh, so uh, I wasn't hydrated like I ought to be. And then he said, okay, we're going to have a bonus round. I'm like, oh, no. And anyway, when it was all said and done, he said, okay, we're finished. I went in to inside the building. They opened the door, and then I got, got to where I could get some water. And I'm taking drinks of water, and I felt like I couldn't thir uh, quench my thirst. In fact, all day long, I felt like that. I was dizzy. I saw spots. I was definitely dehydrated and not having the water supply that I needed. The next day, I felt like I couldn't get a drink, enough water as well. I was weak. I was so thirsty. I'd never been that intensely thirsty uh, ever since or ever before. We need to have that type of thirst for the Holy Spirit of God to fill us and use us in our lifetime. Do you have a thirst, a longing to make your life count for God? The only way it can is for you to be a channel in which the Holy Spirit can flow. He can fill you, then outflow to others. And the very first, before you can ever have the Holy Spirit flow through you and helping other people and serving others, you first need to realize and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You cannot go any further until you know that you're on your way to heaven by trusting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. As we look through uh, this passage of Scripture, let's notice uh, what the Holy Spirit is, is being speak, uh, spoken of. Jesus is talking, but he says this illustration of water is a representation of the Holy Spirit. First of all, we see this illustration is just speaking of the Holy Spirit. Uh, verse 39, it says, But this spake he of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive. Okay, stop right there. So if you believe on Jesus Christ, then you receive the Holy Spirit. At that point, when you believe on Jesus Christ, that's the point that Jesus talked about. He said that you are born again. So has there been a point in time that you've been born? <laughs> well, of course, there's been a time that you've been born. If I asked you, I said, hey, um, uh, when were you born? 
And uh, you would say, uh, you know, probably the day, and you probably wouldn't say the year because you said that's none of your business. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but you would say a specific day, and this is the year even that I was born. Now, would it be awkward if I came up to you and said, hey, when were you born? And you say, oh, <laughs> I've always been born. You're like, that's very strange. <laughs> no, you can't always be born. There has to be a point in time. So this decision for salvation is a decision of believing that takes place at a point in time. Has there been a point in time when you realized, I am a sinner, because of my sin I deserve to be punished and separated from God, but Jesus was sent to die in my place, and I'm going to receive him. Now, in order for us to live, if I were to ask, I said, okay, what would be two elements that we have to have in order to sustain life? Water and oxygen, right? You know, both of those are provided by the Holy Spirit. He's illustrated as the water here. He's illustrated as the air or the very breath. Jesus breathed and they received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the essential life for eternal life and for everything that we need as a Christian as well. Look at John chapter 4. We'll come back to John chapter 7. In John chapter 4, it also talks about water. It also talks about a lady that was searching and was uh, was certainly uh, dry uh, spiritually, and it's the woman at the well. In John chapter 4, Jesus comes up, and he he meets this lady of Samaria, and uh, he asks her to be able to dip down into this well and draw up some water. In verse 10, the Bible says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God. By the way, salvation and eternal life, it's a gift, isn't it? Can you work for a gift? No. Do you earn a gift? No. You just simply receive it, and you receive it by faith. If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto me, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee. What kind of water? Living water. Notice here, living water. We we see that also in John chapter 7. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This water gives life. You cannot have eternal life without the Holy Spirit coming in to you and indwelling you. That is you being born again. And the only way that he will come in is when you believe. That person that believes will receive the Holy Ghost at the matter of salvation. Look, if you would, down to verse um, 13. Jesus, again, speaking to this woman at the well, and says this, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. That's just regular water, right? Okay, now look at verse 14. But whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but that the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So let me ask, Do you have in you the Holy Spirit of God that has given you everlasting life? Do you have him? How do you have the Holy Spirit? How does he indwell you? How do you receive this gift of God and this being born again? It's all a matter of believing. You're in John 4. Look one chapter earlier, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Notice verse 15. John chapter 3. Everybody turn there if you would. It's real easy. It's right there. John 3, verse 15. Uh, I want you to help me out with a couple of words. It says this in John 3, 15, that whosoever, what's it say? 
believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. I love that. Now, let's look at a very familiar verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Help me out again. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So eternal life and everlasting life are the same. They are forever. How does someone receive this everlasting life? How does someone have the Holy Spirit come inside of them and give them this life, this water that will never end and will spring up to everlasting life? It's when they make the decision of believing. Believe is the verb form of faith. Faith and believe are simply meaning to depend on or rely on. And it's not just believing about God or about Jesus but believing on. Look at John 3, verse 18. John 3, verse 18. He that believeth, notice the preposition, on him is not condemned. That is, whoever believes on Jesus is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the only begotten Son of God. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about a decision of faith to place your decision of dependence on Jesus Christ that he's the only means of your salvation. Why? Because Jesus left heaven, he came to earth, when he died on the cross, he died for all of your sins, and he said, it is finished. The payment for your sins was complete and totally paid in full. Jesus was buried, he rose again, proving that he's God. He's the only one that could live a pure life. He's the only one that could be your substitute. He's the only one that could die in your place, and he did it. And he paid for all of your sins. So now he offers you the gift, the gift of God. Now, does it, if, if, if it's true that everyone's a sinner on the, this planet, if it's true we deserve because of our sin, not heaven, but we deserve to be separated uh, from God in hell. And if it's true that Jesus died for our sins, does that mean everyone's going to heaven? <laughs> no, no. Just because I get you a gift doesn't mean you receive it. I could, I could get you a gift, and, and it could be sitting on your porch, or it could be sitting on your table, and you never open it. You never receive it. He said, oh, yep, there's the gift. It's right there. I believe that that gift, you know, is from Chris. I believe it, yeah. But until you open it and personally receive it, have you personally received Jesus by believing on him? This faith is not believing about God, about the Bible, or about Jesus, but it's believing on him. John 3, 36. One more verse, the end of chapter 3. John 3, verse 36. I love this one. He that believeth on the Son, help me out again, hath what? Everlasting life. But notice this. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. This illustration of the water this illustration of the and the the explanation of being born again is all about believing on jesus uh, there's a uh, a man i met in uh, on the eastern part of florida it's a uh, deltona area near orlando and uh, it was actually during a youth rally uh, the youth rally was uh, was being uh, preached i wasn't preaching i was just there to help and counsel and such and there were several young people raised their hand that they needed to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Well, one of the people that raised their hand was this man. And this guy, he had a, his, a, his teen son was there, but he came and attended. 
and he wanted to be saved. I met with him afterwards. I talked with him. But he was from a religious system that was really just uh, works-oriented and doing good things. And he didn't understand. Like We spent like 45 minutes plus, and he didn't get it. I said, hey, just take these pamphlets, take this track, um, and let's meet tomorrow. Will you come tomorrow? He said, yeah, I'll come tomorrow. I said, well, while you come and the teens are doing their activities, we'll talk. And so he came, and we did. We talked for an hour. And uh, we were talking, and, I, and uh, I, I can't remember if it's Sergei uh, was his name. No, that wasn't it. it was, uh, he was actually Italian, and uh, it, it was a different name. Uh, but uh, uh, he was, I said, hey, um, well, how do you know that you're, uh, do you think you're going to heaven? Well, I think I'm going to heaven. I said, well, how's that? He said, well, when I was seven, my dad died. And my mom came to me and said, my name, and said, your dad is in heaven. And he said, I just knew it. And I, I believe I'm going to heaven too because of that. I said, I said his name. I said, what you're doing is you're believing about Jesus and about God, but you haven't personally believed on Jesus to save you. I said, would you like to do it? And he said, I'll, I'll do it later tonight at home. <laughs> So why don't you do it now? <laughs> so I, I want to do it later. I said, okay, well, call me. I don't care if it's late. Just call me. And uh, so we're, um, we're out there, and we, we go to the teen service, and he hears the preaching, and he hears some of the testimonies and such. And uh, then it's all over, and they're leaving. And I say to him, I said, hey, hey, now remember these verses. Look at these verses. And I tell you, do it tonight, okay? Don't put it off. He said, he said I already did. I said, what do you mean you already did? I said, during this service, when I was listening to them, I placed my faith on Jesus. And I said, are you sure? <laughs> he said, yes, I did. And he said, and I was passed from death unto life, is one of the verses I talked to him. I said, you believing on Jesus now? Yes, I'm believing on Jesus. We met the next day. We had coffee. And we, had that, we went through the book Settled and Strong. It was just so good. And he knew now that he's on his way to heaven because he's believed on Jesus. Let me ask, have you done that? If not tonight... You can do that. Would you believe on Jesus personally to save you? And just not believing about him, but depending on him to be your personal savior and the one, only one that can save you from your sins. When you do so, the Holy Spirit moves inside. He is, is this uh, living water. But then what happens next? Not only do we see this illustration of water represents the Holy Spirit and that we can receive him, but it's not just a matter of receiving the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit as salvation and then it's done. What is he wanting to do? The invitation in John chapter 7 is for the Holy Spirit to use us in power. The Holy Spirit to channel through us. The invitation is for the power of the Holy Spirit to channel through us. Look back in John chapter 7. You've done excellent in looking at different verses. Look back in John chapter 7. The Bible says this. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So there's the invitation. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Three parts. If any man thirst, that's going to be talking about your desire. Let him come unto me. That's drawing nigh. And drink. That is dependence. So here it says, if any man thirst. Let me ask, what are you thirsty for right now as a Christian? What are you thirsty for? If you're here and you don't know Jesus is your Savior, I'd imagine you're here because you're thirsty to recognize there's something missing in my life, and that's Jesus Christ, and that's everlasting life, and you need to trust him. 
But as a Christian, shouldn't you have a, a, a thirst to be used of God in a powerful way? Um, now, now, it's talking about desire. I'd, if you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write down that word desire next to this. Now, how could you describe desire in a better way than thirst? <laughs> talking about our thirst being quenched. Are, are you thirsty? Let me ask this. Are you thirsty for just selfish things and selfish gain and just material items and been distracted with the shiny things and stuff of this world? It's going to pass away. Let, let, let me tell you, this year has really opened our eyes as a family to the brevity of life. Sherry's dad, when we were just over in, in the eastern part of Florida as well in, in February, was um, he couldn't get up out of his chair in the living room. And uh, her mom called and said, hey, I can't get dad out of the chair and he's not looking good. I need to get him to the hospital. So we'll call an ambulance. And no, 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 she was insistent not calling the ambulance. And, and uh, well, and then finally she got him to the car, and then she took him to the ER. And um, it was that night that they ran some scans and tests on him. It says that they found some spots in his lungs and such, and uh, you ought to come. And so the next morning, the next day, I got my wife on a flight, and she went back to Tennessee and he had stage four cancer in his brain, in his lymph nodes, in his lungs. So many spots in his lungs, you, you couldn't count them. You couldn't count them. And he came home a few days later. They released him and such. But just obviously wasn't the same. Now, if you would have met him or talked with him a month earlier, you'd, I, I, I recognize looking back, it's like, you know, there's something that was a little missing. Um, you know, he wasn't as full in his color and such. But I wouldn't say, hey, you need to see a doctor. It wasn't that bad. And um, so she really went off the road, and Jonathan, my son, youngest son at the time in high school, he and I continued to travel. And, of course, I just made it where my wife could be there and serve her parents and help her dad. Seven and a half weeks later, he was in heaven. <laughs> you, you know, he didn't look that bad. He had some leg pains that he complained about. That was some of the cancer. He didn't know that. And that was it. And his life is, is done. You know, you know as we reminisced and we had times to talk, you know, the, there were a lot of tears. But the most tears when he cried wasn't because of his cancer, wasn't because he was going to die. But the most tears when he talked was when he would work with the Awana kids and help the children and, and go with the pastor. You know, he wasn't a talker at all, but he'd go with his pastor. Pastor, you need to go visit? I'll just be your silent partner. Doesn't matter. You know, whatever time of day and night, I'll just do it. If I can do it, if I'm off work. And he would just go. He's, he would just cry because of all the boys and girls that trusted Jesus Christ as Savior through the children's outreach. <laughs> you know what? He was thirsty for God to use him and to be able to channel to others. Are you thirsty for that? Let me ask in this way. Are you thirsty for more? 
Now, we understand as a Christian, we have the Holy Spirit. We have all of the Holy Spirit in us all the time. So it's not like we truly get more of the Holy Spirit. We may uh, depend upon his power in a, a better way. We may experience his presence in more of a real way and acknowledge him. But we have all of the Holy Spirit. What I'm asking is, are you thirsty for more of what God has for you? More of his life to be revealed? More of his power to flow through you and to channel into the others? Are you having that thirst, that desire, that longing? If any man thirsts, then it says, let him come unto me. That is to draw nigh. And can I say this way? Draw nigh to the right source. Psalm 87, 7 says, all my springs are in thee. Uh, one of the songs we sang even yesterday was drinking at the springs of living water. That is from Jesus Christ giving us the Holy Spirit. Um, are you coming to the right source of power? Are you coming to the right source of satisfaction? This world will not satisfy. Draw nigh to God. I remember um, when we would, uh, after church, we would go to a artesian well and, and uh, spring water, and it would have this pipe coming out of this rock, and you could just fill up water jugs and such for free. It was just beautiful. It was cool. It was clean. It was sweet water, and we'd make sure all our jugs were empty when we went to church, and I was the one under the spigot, you know, getting wet and enjoying it, and I would fill up, okay, where's the next one? And I'd fill this one, and okay, all right, hand me the next one. Okay, where's the next one? No, it's all. That's it. But it was just constant flow of wonderful water, now, let me ask, do you, <coughs> today we got some more water uh, when we were out. We drink a lot of water, so we had to get some more water bottles uh, while we were out. You know what we didn't do? We didn't take all of our, um, uh, our water bottles that were used throughout the week and then go to the garden hose. Do you do that? <laughs> do you, you know that garden hose taste? And if you're outside and that's all you have, then that's okay. And if you're a kid, hey, go at it. Uh, but, you know, it's just not, not right. It's not the same but purified, clean water. Uh, would I go uh, down to the Gulf and just dip this into the Gulf and say, hey, let me take a drink? No, that's not the right source, and it's not clean. It's salt water, of course. Are you going to the right source to fill up and to, uh, provide for your satisfaction, your power? But notice this, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. And then it says, and drink. If thirst has your desire, if come unto me and going to Jesus is our only source is drawing nigh to him, then drinking is speaking of dependence. What do you mean? See, if, if I have this water bottle right here and I carry this water bottle around, you say, water is good for you. You need to drink more water. Uh, you can drink some coffee. Uh, but uh, also you need to drink uh, more water. Water is really important for you. And all day long, I have my water bottle, but you see it's at the same level. And you say, Brother Chris, did you drink from the water bottle at all today? Well, no. I just have it right here. <laughs> it's not going to do me any good until I internalize it. And I'm going to do what preachers do in front of you. I'm going to take a drink of the water bottle. Ah, that was good. I think I should take another, don't you? <laughs> I took it in front of you. Okay, now I took a drink. And now when I drink from the source, it, then I'm depending upon it by internalizing it, and then it hydrates my body, right? Okay, me taking the drink, did that help you at all? <laughs> Not one bit. Not one bit. You say, yeah, it helped me become more thirsty. Thanks a lot, preacher. <laughs> it didn't help you at all. Let me ask, is your spouse drinking from the right source and being filled with the Holy Spirit? 
but not you. Just because your spouse is filled with the Spirit doesn't mean you are. You need to walk with the Lord and walk in the Spirit and depend upon Him to fill you as well. Just because your parents are filled with the Spirit and are walking in the Spirit doesn't mean that you are. Would you say, I need to be filled with the Spirit? I personally need it. There are young people here that you know you can be filled with the Spirit. You need to start paying attention in church and stop being on your device and doing other things and not listening. And you say, okay, I need this, and I need the Holy Spirit to help me. Look, you need to be drinking from the right source as well. Are you personally and, you know, it's great. Oh, yeah, our, our pastoral staff and our pastor, he's filled with the Spirit. That's so wonderful. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's okay. And that helps you as he would preach or he would minister. But you need to depend upon the, uh, the drink. You need to internalize it. It's a matter of dependence. It's a matter of when I depend upon him and I allow him to fill me and to flow through me. Look at, if you would, at Ephesians chapter 5. Notice in Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about being filled with the Spirit. And this is uh, right in line with uh, what the Holy Spirit and what Jesus is teaching here and then teaching in Luke chapter 11 as well. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says in verse 18, it says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So we are to be filled with the Spirit in such a way, we're going to notice this in just a moment, that He is channeling through us what only he can do, dependence upon the Spirit of God. But also notice this, it doesn't say fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. It's passive where it says be filled with the Spirit. So I used to use the illustration of take a vessel like this, a water bottle, empty your life of self so you could be filled with the Spirit, the right source. And I think that's an okay illustration. But us as believers, we are never really meant to, okay, I fill up my source. Okay, thank you, God. It's good to spend time with you, Lord. Okay, and then I have this reservoir that I have this water that I drink throughout the day. Oh, it's empty. And then I come in to be filled. There's never a time when um, we can leave our source but we're a channel that needs to be constantly connected. So it's not like a device. I can look at my device. There's 51% on the battery. Okay, I'm doing pretty good. I keep using it. Oh, I need to come back to my source and plug it in. That's not how we are made as Christians. As Christians, Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the How much of the time do the branches have to be connected to the vine? All the time. So there's never a time where we disconnect. I go do my thing. I serve the Lord. I do whatever. And then I come back and I get connected again. I recharge my batteries. No. You have no power once you disconnect. You need to be constantly connected. And that is to be filled with the Spirit through this matter of faith and surrender, depending upon Him. But notice, the, finally, this, the impossibilities and the possible results of what happens as we're filled with the Spirit. In John chapter 7, it says this, He that believeth on me, in verse 38, it says, He that believeth on me, out, uh, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Notice that. 
out of his belly. Shall, so I'm thirsty. I don't have what I, uh, what I need. So I say, dear God, help me. I come and I drink to quench my thirst. And then now channeling through me uh, to others, God wants to flow rivers, not lake, not a body of water, not a reservoir again, right? A channel with an inflow and an outflow. There's an inlet and there's an outlet, constantly abiding, constantly connected to him. And now I have rivers, not just a river, not just a stream. The, how about the Ohio River, which I've crossed many times, massive and big. Um, perhaps the Colorado River uh, that in, in Arizona, um, and it just is so violent. There's so many that uh, hike down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, and they ignore the signs. They dump their ba- backpacks. They jump in the Colorado River, and it says no swimming. Don't get in the water, and they're never seen again. It's just very violent river. How about that? And then the Mississippi River as well that meanders and then all throughout the states and then dumps into the Gulf just incredible in size. I've been to the very headwaters and the very beginning of the Mississippi. You could pass through it and wade through it. It's probably only about the size of the small par- portion of the platform. And uh, it, we've been there, but then it, it just gets bigger and bigger and deeper and wider. Here it says not one, but a river, rivers of living water flowing through you to the lives of others. Is that what you're experiencing right now? You see, what God wants to do is flow from you to others, a constant flow, a channel, if you will. I have here a hose, okay? And uh, a hose uh, is a better illustration than a water bottle. There's an inlet and there's an outlet. There's an inflow and an outflow. I've got to have both. I have to first believe, yes, but as I continue, I, I'm, as I'm saved, I know the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, but now I want him to channel through me as I continue to abide. As I'm connected, depending upon him, I'm coming to him as my only source, and I connect on this side, then he channels through me, through this side, an outflow to others. Now, we had a, a hose about this size or so, um, and uh, a portion of uh, our big 50-foot hose, and I cut it off, and I use it as illustrations uh, oftentimes. I didn't bring it this time, uh, but uh, I cut it off, and I bring it because one of the sides is just smashed. And I went to my, uh, my RV, and I turned on the water, and nothing came out <laughs> because the connection, it, there was no inflow. Uh, the church bus had ran over it in the parking lot. Isn't that great? You know, so it just ran right over it, and, and now it's not coming in. N- let me ask, are you empty right now? Dry? Man, I, I tr- I'm trying to serve the Lord. It's so hard. These kids won't listen. Man, these, these te- you know, the problem is, is these teenagers these days. Well, you know, People are harder today to win to Christ than they used to be. It's just different out there. You know, it's just so hard. I'm trying. I'm just going. I'm being faithful. I'm doing what I need to do. But we're doing it in our own strength, empty and dry. And we wonder why it's not working. Now, if you were to water your garden or your flowers without your hose being connected, to the water faucet, and your neighbors would drive by, they would think you're nuts. You're watering your flowers, you're just waving, hey, how you doing? Oh, water in here. 
And they're going, yep, I told you those church people are crazy. <laughs> you know, you, you wouldn't do that. You would say, if something's not working here. Oh, it's empty. The channel is empty. I need to come over here and I need to connect it. Okay, then I can have the flow. We are to have a constant in, inlet that's abiding, that's depending, that's the drinking. As we're depending upon Jesus Christ, he channels through us the life and the power of the Holy Spirit to others. But on this side, don't put a spray nozzle. Don't turn it off. You say, why am I, I'm experiencing uh, some of the spirit-filled life, but then it just stops because you're not serving others. God never meant for you just to be a reservoir and just stop. You know, I, I used to think this when I was starting to understand some of the spirit-filled life and getting victory over sin. I thought, man, this is so great. And this would be wonderful if I could just spend so many hours with God and not be around people, you know? They just mess up ministry <laughs> so much. Then I realized that was not the right way to think. And then something happened. I wasn't experiencing the joy and a lot of the fruit of being filled with the Spirit because I stopped the outlet. Now, some of you, on one end, you're trying, 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 and you're not connected. Others, you might be connected and abiding. I say, okay, I'm trusting the Lord like I ought to, but you're not serving. You need to have both. You are designed to be a channel. You say, Brother Miller, it's so hard. Okay, is it really hard for this water hose? No, no. The only hard part is just connecting it and allowing this to be open. And when there's no kinks, there's nothing blocking it, there's no blockage at all, the natural use of the water hose takes place and it flows. You are made to have the Holy Spirit flow through you and just channel through you. That is going to take place when you just rest in Him. Not trying harder. Not doing more. I'm going to, do, I'm going to, I'm going to focus. I'm really going to get, put more, more labor into this. No. You're blocking it when you're doing that. You're kinking things up. Just connect and allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you and rest in him, saying, Lord, I need to. Let me ask, can you say there have been ones that have been affected by you serving the Lord? There's been an impactful witness. There's others that see a difference. There's live, rivers of living water flowing from you to others because you are connected to the source and you're allowing him to flow through you. Would you tonight say, dear God, help me to be thirsty for more. And Lord, help me to come to you to the right source, Jesus, and, and not be distracted with all the world's stuff. And Lord, help me to drink and internalize this for myself as a Christian. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, the very first thing you need to recognize is in order to have the Holy Spirit, in order to have eternal life, is not believing about Jesus, but you personally believing on, depending on Jesus, to be your Savior from your sins. There is no other way to be able to be saved. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, but he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, 
but the wrath of God abideth on him. Let's pray. Father, I ask for your help. Would you please give it? And Lord, help us just to um, quickly and tenderly respond to you and allow you to do a work in our hearts and our lives. Lord, I pray and channel through us to the lives of others. Lord, revive us so we can be used as a channel to others. With your heads bowed, with your eyes closed, let me ask just in the quietness right now, if you're here and you say, Brother Miller, there's one thing I know for sure. I have been born again by believing on Jesus to be my Savior. I received his gift. I have truly been saved by trusting Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. If that's true for you, can you raise your hand? I know that. That's wonderful. There are so many that could raise their hand. That's great. Okay, now look, perhaps you're like the woman at the well, and you're searching, and you're looking, and you're thirsty. Would you say tonight, preacher, would you just pray for me so that I can understand? I'm concerned. I don't know if I died, if I go to heaven. I do want to have this eternal life, and I do want to have what God has for me. Would you pray for me? If you are asking me to pray for you right where you're seated, can you slip your hand up? I don't know if I died if I go to heaven. Could you slip your hand up? God bless you. Thank you so much. Anyone else, would you raise your hand and say, I don't know if I died if I would be on my way to heaven. Anyone else, you say, would you pray for me as well? I don't know if I died if I'd be on my way to heaven. Let me ask next. Who here would say, Brother Miller, I couldn't raise my hand before and I didn't raise my hand that I don't know for sure I'm on my way to heaven. But would you just pray for me? I, I'm on a path to trying to understand. And would you pray that I will understand what it takes to be saved and be on my way to heaven, have eternal life? Would you just pray that I would understand that? If that's true for you, can you raise your hand? Would you pray that I would understand how to have this eternal life and truly be able to be saved? Okay, let me ask next. Who here would say, Brother Miller, I'm saved? But God spoke into my heart, I need to be thirsty for more. And I've been distracted with some other things in life, and I, I want my life to count. I need a channel through. I am thirsty for more. If that's true for you, can you raise your hand tonight? God bless you. Praise the Lord. A number of hands, really several, quite several. You can place your hands down. Let me ask specifically who here would say, Brother Miller, God's spoken to me. I've become disconnected and not been abiding like I ought to, and so many times I just, I go on my own and I, I don't constantly stay abiding and depending upon him. That's what God spoke to me about. If that's true for you, can you raise your hand? God bless you. Several, good. Who here would say, Brother Miller, God spoke to me about the outflow, about serving in his power and allowing him to flow through me to the lives of others. So many times I just stop it because I'm selfish and I admit that, but I, I, God spoke to me about serving in a greater capacity in his power. If that's true for you, can you raise your hand? Say, that's me. God bless you. And, and a good for, number for that as well. And I praise the Lord for that. Would you look this way? Everyone look right here. In just a moment, we're going to stand. I'll pray. And after we do, we'll have the pianist play. God spoke in your heart. Would you find a place to pray? Like we did even last night. Would you just slip to the front or find some place, a seat that's open and just kneel or sit and just make it a matter of prayer? As a believer, if you don't know that you're on your way to heaven, can I encourage you to do this like we've had others do? Would you just slip down to the front, pastor will be down here, and just say, hey, I don't know that I'm going to heaven, or I want to know about eternal life. Whatever, however you want to say is fine. He'll know what you're talking about. Would you come tonight, and so you can know for sure, 
Now, you can come as a couple, or you can come with a friend or a family member. I'd encourage you to be able to do so and get that taken care of tonight. Let's stand for prayer. Thank you, Lord, for helping us and working in our hearts. I pray you'd help us right now to respond to you. Lord, channel through us and flow through us to the lives of others so we can be used of you in a greater way. Lord, I pray that you'd help with each one that raise their hand in that regard, that they would be thirsty for more, and they would be constantly abiding and, and serving and allowing others to be, allowing them to be used to the impact the lives of others. Lord, I pray for this one that doesn't know that they're on their way to heaven. I pray for him and, and for others that don't know that they're on their way to heaven. Help them to be saved and understand tonight. With their heads bowed, with their eyes closed, as the pianist plays, why don't you step out and find a place to pray right now as a believer. If you don't know that you're on your way to heaven, would you step out and come right now to the front? Pastor will be here and he'll greet you. Do you know that you're on your way to heaven? Do you have that eternal life? play through one more time. God spoken to you. If you need to be saved, you need to know that you're on your way to heaven. Would you step out and come? We'd love to help you with that decision. If you'd like to learn more about eternal life, we can give you some resources and help you.